0: The following program is a recording of a live broadcast transmitted 7 a.m. Beijing time.
1: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Biggum with you on this Monday, May 20th, 2019. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. we live from the Chinese capital. Coming up on the program this morning, driverless vehicles proved to be the highlight of the World Intelligence Congress in Tianjin. A survey for the construction of an underwater tunnel is now underway along the Yangtze River. And an OPEC official says member countries plan to reduce crude oil production at a gentle pace. In business, China plans annual revisions to its negative list for market access. In sports, Team China's off to a strong start at the Suderman Cup. Entertainment, the Asian film week, is underway now in Beijing. First of all, a check of the day's headline news. A central bank official says China's foreign exchange market and the exchange rate of the Chinese currency will remain stable due to sound economic fundamentals. People's Bank of China Deputy Head Peng Gongsheng says the Chinese economy has been operating generally stable as major indicators were kept in a reasonable range. He says China's forex market has been operating steadily with rising inflow of overseas capital, increasing forex reserves and stabilizing market expectation. He says China will continue to push forward financial opening up and deepen its foreign exchange reform. He says China has rich experience and ample policy tools to cope with market fluctuations, adding that the country will take necessary adjustment measures to strengthen macro prudent management. China's Ministry of Public Security has publicized a list of drivers who are banned from driving for life as part of an effort to alert drivers of dangerous driving behavior. The list is based on reports from 10 provincial regions of over 1,000 newly banned drivers since January. Some of the drivers were banned for serious violations, including drunk driving and and hit-and-run. The ministry's Traffic Administration Bureaus launched a campaign to uh, expose major traffic violations to head off potential risk. Apart from the banned drivers, the ministry also published information on accident-prone road sections and high-risk transport enterprises. The Arshan UNESCO Global Geopark was inaugurated in Inner Mongolia on Sunday. The park covers over 3,600 square kilometers and is famous for its landscapes formed by solidified lava, crater lakes, primeval forests, and hot springs. It received uh, the Global Geopark label from UNESCO in May of 2017, and it's the 34th geopark in China. UNESCO Global Geoparks are territories that promote geodiversity through community-led initiatives to enhance regional sustainable development. The U.S. Naval Forces Central Command says Gulf Cooperation Council nations have started security patrols across the region in international waters and says the move is aimed at enhancing communication and coordination between the U.S. Fifth Fleet and GCC states in support of regional naval cooperation. The measures come on the heels of unstable security conditions in the region fueled by the latest attacks on ships of the, uh, or off the coast of the United Arab Emirates. Bahrain's foreign ministry on Saturday issued travel warnings to its citizens against traveling to Iran and Iraq. Four Americans and a Canadian pilot have been killed after a small plane went down off the coast of Honduras on Saturday. A spokesman for the Honduran Armed Forces confirmed the nationalities of the deceased on Sunday. The plane plummeted into the Atlantic shortly after takeoff from Roatan, a popular tourist destination.
0: For breaking news and stories that matter to you, find us on Twitter by searching for China Plus News, where we'll share with you our up-to-the-minute news, in-depth analysis, and live streaming videos. Visit China Plus News for your window on China and the world. It's five minutes past the hour.
1: Driverless vehicles were a highlight of the third World Intelligence Congress in Tianjin. And CRI's Joe Fang has more.
2: The Third World Intelligence Congress attracted well-known entrepreneurs and industry leaders from 40 countries and regions. Co-sponsored by the Tianjin Municipal Government and the Ministry of Science and Technology, the four-day conference that opened on Thursday organized forums and exhibitions, as well as self-driving and drone competitions. A number of auto companies showed off their driverless cars' maneuverability and efficiency at the World Intelligent Driving Challenge. Gong Jinfeng from the China Automotive Technology and Research Center says 5G technology plays an important role in the development of intelligent and driverless cars.
3: I think 5G is a stimulus to research on intelligent and driverless cars, and at the same time it is also a touchstone for research results.
2: Among the intelligent vehicles exhibited at the Congress, an intelligent bus painted like a giant panda attracted a lot of attention. The bus has a palm print recognition device for ticket checks. Chen Haibo is the founder of Deep Blue Technology Company.
4: An intelligent vehicle doesn't only mean it's driverless, More importantly, it's an intelligent living space that brings more experiences and value-added services to passengers. This is the main direction for intelligent vehicle development.
2: Seeing the potential of intelligent driving, the State Grid Tianjin Electric Power Company also participated in the Congress. It exhibited models of China's first provincial energy service center for charging intelligent cars and other products with the Internet of Things. Chen Jincheng is the chief engineer of the State Grid Tianjin Electric Power Company.
5: We pay special attention to wireless charging when building a smart energy town. The maximum power can reach 20 kilowatts, more than twice the current level.
2: Participants also put their heads together on topics including new opportunities, technical innovation and industrial solutions. Intelligence, security and safety was the most discussed topic at this year's event, with many automakers putting their top priority on the safety of the whole vehicle. The first international conference on artificial intelligence and education also kicked off on Thursday in Beijing. The Beijing Consensus, on how artificial intelligence can support education was adopted, signaling the building of an international community with shared values in the educational field. For CRI, I am Zhou Fang.
1: Peking University's launched its first enrollment of undergraduate students in robot engineering. The university says the courses cover areas ranging from robot dynamics and control to biometrics, structure design and intelligent perception to human-computer interaction. The first batch of enrollment will have 20 to 30 people. The university is among 35 universities in China to start enrollment of undergraduate students majoring in robotics and artificial intelligence. A geological survey has begun on the Yangtze River for the construction of an underwater tunnel for the China-Russia natural gas pipeline. The tunnel between the cities of Hymen and Chengshu is a key section of the southern part of that gas pipeline. Li Bo with PetroChina says this tunnel is the longest one on the Yangtze River. Its entire length is
4: over 10.2 kilometers, 50 meters under the surface, The hydrostatic pressure maximizes to 0.67 MPa, posing a great challenge to the drainage during tunnel digging. The tunnel is 6.8 meters in diameter, capable of containing three pipelines. It is the largest shield tunnel for pipelines in the world.
1: The serving works expected to be completed by the end of next month. The Chinese section of the pipeline starts in Heihe, Heilongjiang he province, and terminates in Shanghai. Construction began in 2015. It's to be completed next year. Hung Petchem's Pet Chem's crude oil refinery in Dalian has begun operation. Peng Guangchin uh, with the company says the project can produce 14 million tons of chemicals and 20 million tons of crude oil. It can process
3: almost all the residue oil in crude, which is hard to process, and 90% will be produced into chemical products with high added value. To produce
1: the same number of products as we produce now, we can use 3 million tons less of crude oil. Peng says by applying an advanced hydrocracking technology, the project will increase the utilization rate of crude oil by 5%. The project is also able to raise China's total output of aromatics by 30%, which will make up for the shortfall in the domestic supply. The refinery is expected to generate 21 billion US dollars this year, which is half of its total yearly expected revenue. The plant took just 19 months to be completed and uh, half a year to be put into full operation. A record. In global refinery and petrochemical projects uh, the plant is one of the projects uh, uh, to revitalize the old industrial bases in northeast china a group of tourists have set off from a port city in germany for a two-month trip along the route of the ancient silk road the bus tour will conclude in shanghai sierra's guayan has more
6: Over 50 travelers from different European countries are heading for China along the ancient trading route running across the vast land of Eurasia. Frau amsk to comes from Hamburg. She says she can't wait to embark on the journey.
7: I'm
8: very excited about the trip. It's time for me to slow down to experience the local culture and the customs and build connections with local residents. Most people are familiar with the ancient Silk Road that's recorded in history books. Now we read a lot about the new Silk Road on newspapers, which was quoted as the Belt and Road Initiative that's proposed by China. I think the trip will help us to get rid of the stereotypes and the bias and obtain a brand new understanding of the region. The annual trip was launched by a travel agency
6: of a prominent weekly publication, Dizet. The magazine's former president, Dr. Teo Sommer, participated into the program in 2016 when he traveled across China from the port city of Shanghai to the inland city of Xi'an.
5: The first time I went to China was in 1975. Over the past decades, The country has made tremendous achievements in its own way that is unique and cannot be replicated. During the trip, travelers will take a glimpse of the rapidly developed high-speed trains, frontier electronic information technologies. They will also be warmly welcomed by hospitable Chinese people.
6: Data from the Cultural and Tourism Ministry shows the ancient Zuk Road is rich in tourism resources as 80% of the world's cultural heritage are scattered along the route. It covers a vast market, over 60% of the world's population located along the route. Chen Hongjie is the director at the Frankfurt office of the Chinese Cultural and Tourism Ministry. He sees huge growth potential of the tourism market along the Silk Road.
5: Over
7: the past few years, China has been expanding cooperation with countries along the Silk Road in tourism sector by jointly launching a variety of events such as the tourism year with multiple countries. We have formed a marketing alliance to promote tourist programs on the Silk Road. I believe the travelers will have a different
1: experience this time.
6: The 10,000-kilometer journey will land in Shanghai in July. For CRI, this is Guo Yan.
1: Museums have been typically characterized as places where exhibits are displayed on the walls and in glass cases. However, with the rise of digitization, some museums are trying to change that old image by offering visitors a new experience while preserving their treasures. CRI's Wenjie reports. The Palace Museum, once China's Imperial Palace from
7: 1420 to 1911, is one of the most visited tourist attractions nationwide. Every day, tens of thousands of people come to check it out. For years, visitors could only view the Imperial items from afar at the gates of each palace or from the windows. Digitization has changed that. Former director of the Palace Museum, Shan Jisheng, well known for his reform on the museum,
5: spoke about some of the key developments. The Palace Museum is the only institution in the world with over 10 million visitors every year. But we still aim to further expand our presence and share this experience with billions of people through the Internet and digital technology. We have been watching closely how people are adopting new ways of accessing information, and we are adapting accordingly.
7: Employing the latest technologies, the Palace Museum's three studios produce high-definition materials, including videos, photos, and infographics. Shan explains how they work.
5: After years of planning, we created seven virtual reality productions, on website and the digital library. Each one can tell stories for about 25 minutes. At night, we publish content about architecture, artwork, and unopened areas at the Palace Museum. At the same time, we record and upload beautiful photos of the museum in different seasons. Another popular
7: monument where technology has been employed for its caves, sculptures, and frescoes is the Mogao Grotto. Located in Dunhuang, the grotto has withstood wars, environmental damage and antique hunters. But tourism now has posed a new threat to it. Digitized exhibitions have become an effective solution for protecting historical sites while making them accessible to more people. Some of the future technology at the grotto includes a full dome theater, virtual reality glasses exhibitions and online access to relics for people around the world different multimedia tools enable everyone to be transported into the breathtaking virtual dunhuang grotto in the national museum of china digitization has also been applied to add some splendor to the exhibitions xie Xiaochuan is deputy director of the national museum of china
1: we have tried everything relating to new technologies including the use of multimedia and man-machine communication in
3: every step of the exhibition. The digital ways seem to be quite important in the long run, while exhibitions come to an end at museums.
7: While digitization may be transforming museums, lack of experience and some technological barriers still pose big challenges to the process. But museum managers say they are willing to pursue the available opportunities for innovation. They say it takes courage to try
1: new things and the results are often worth it. For CRI, I'm Wen the Saudi Arabian energy minister says there's consensus among OPEC and allied oil producers to drive down crude inventories gently at a time of plentiful global supplies. Uh, Khaled al-Fali says a possible rollover of output curbs in the second half of this year is the main option being discussed at a ministerial panel meeting. But also says things can change by next month. He says Saudi Arabia will have more data at its next meeting in late June to help OPEC reach the best decision on output.
7: U.S. inventories continue to rise. OECD stocks are still above the last five-year average, and that is, which is the five-year average, a relatively elevated metric compared with levels seen in normal years before the excess supply years we have seen of late. None OECD inventories are also rising. Again, while keeping inventories under control between now and then, and for the remainder of 2019. That will be our critical deliverable, I believe, for the industry and the global economy.
1: OPEC, along with Russia and other non-OPEC producers, an alliance known as OPEC+, agreed to reduce output by 1.2 million barrels per day from January 1st for six months. The deal is expected to stop inventories from building up and weakening prices. The United States, which is not a member of OPEC+, but is a close ally of Saudi Arabia, wants the group to boost output to bring oil prices down. Voters in Switzerland have backed a tightening of gun laws to conform with European Union regulations. Almost 64% of voters in Sunday's referendum supported tougher restrictions on semi-automatic and automatic weapons. Switzerland's not an EU member, but risked removal from the open border Schengen area if it had voted no. Nearly 48% of Swiss households own a gun, among the highest rates of private ownership in Europe. It stoked passions in a country with long, proud traditions of gun ownership, as well as sport and target shooting. Gun club trainer Alexander Trofimov says most guns used for sport shooting in the country will be affected. Sport shooting
9: is uh, predominantly done with military weapons. The Swiss Shooting Federation estimates that more than 80 percent of weapons routinely used for uh, sport shooting would be concerned by the European gun ban. The majority of uh, sport rifles uh, and uh, quite a few sporting pistols used every day for one of the most popular sports in Switzerland would find themselves forbidden from uh, one day into the other.
1: The EU had urged the country to tighten its laws in line with rules adopted by the bloc following the 2015 Paris terror attacks. The EU's initial proposal sparked criticism in Switzerland because it meant a ban on the tradition of ex-soldiers keeping their assault rifles. Alaska's largest city will vote on a bill next week to minimize the effects of climate change. The Anchorage Assembly will convene to debate the Climate Action Plan, which urges the city to cut greenhouse gas emissions dramatically in the next few decades. The plan covers broad sectors such as land use, transportation, energy, and consumption. It lays out a scenario for the city in 2050 when greenhouse gas emissions are supposed to be reduced 80% from 2008 levels. Anchorage has set a temporary goal of cutting the emissions by 40% by 2030. A federal report says a Alaska is experiencing warming faster than any other state in the country. Local media says work on the plan began around August of last year. No details were released about how much it would cost if that plan is carried out. Hand puppets and marionettes have entertained visitors at an international puppet theater festival in Spain. And Sierra Zanella Budalizi has this report.
10: A group of students perform a hand puppet show, which is part of the Titirimundi International Puppet Theatre Festival in Segovia, Spain. To celebrate the festival's 21st year, kids were at the heart of the event. Almost 3,000 children participated in this event, according to the organisers. Marianne Palma is the director of the Titirimundi International Festival.
8: The beginnings of Titirimundi festival were hard. The public did not stop to see the performances on the street. But little by little, the whole city got involved with it. We went to the classrooms, we went to the institutions. The children come to Titirimundi Festival and we use the puppet as an educational tool and we take the children away from these new technologies because not everything is about the iPad and the tablets.
10: The Titirimundi International Puppet Theatre Festival has been held annually at indoor venues as well as on the streets of Segovia since 1985. The city's Citericole Puppet School allows children to make and perform their puppets. Eleven-year-old puppeteer Adrian Gonzalez says performing requires concentration and nerves.
5: Staying on the stage playing a role requires a lot of courage because you have to help your colleagues if at some point they forget the text. And above all, you have to get into the character. And making the puppet has been
10: cool. <laughs> French artist Dominique Carigna presented his flea circus, but without the actual insect, mesmerising audiences at the festival. He mixes humour and the manipulation of objects in a hilarious way and in the purest style of the old fair booths. It's the pure
9: theater of illusion.
7: In fact, I am going to tell you a secret. It's the flea circus, but there are no fleas. In fact, that's the main goal of this performance. Based on nothing, we create a reality. This is the background of the puppet on the young. It's a metaphorical fact. So we reproduce a false sense of reality to create a distanced vision of reality for the young.
10: On an outdoor stage, Remo Di Filippo and Roda Lopez manipulated different marionettes in their show. In a theatre elsewhere, dancers, physical actors and puppeteers all worked together to give life to a puppet's form in a captivating performance. These are just a few examples of the 35 troops from 16 different countries which have presented a range of performances in the theatres, streets and private patios of Segovia.
1: For CRI, I'm Zanele Butelezi. 25 minutes past the hour. Uganda last flew a national carrier more than a decade and a half ago. But the East African country is back in the skies now after acquiring two aircraft. The government says it'll make traveling in the region much easier. And Leon Sisenga reports.
9: It's the first time in 17 years that a national airline has touched down Entebbe Airport. A historic moment as the planes, with a distinctive black, yellow and red tail, glide along the runway. The airline's commercial director, Jennifer Bamterachi, hopes the revival of the airline will transform the country's transportation sector.
10: It's a great thing to have
9: a national airline. Great in a sense that we have an identity in the air transport. We do not have... always rely on international airlines to take us where we're going the passenger jets were ordered from canadian manufacturer bombardier each costs 28 million dollars the airlines commercial director jennifer bam says seven destinations within the region have already been secured commercial flights could start in july we're now talking to the different airports where we'll be To give us the approvals that we need to land there. But the new national carrier enters an airline business facing turbulence. Regional carriers are struggling to stay in the air. According to Kafero Sachitoreko, a member on the infrastructure committee in the Uganda parliament, government will need private partnerships to manage the airline. We are sure uh, that best. On the private people's input, we shall be able to compete. The Uganda government projects an immediate growth of its fleet. Two more Bombardier planes are expected later this year. There are also plans to purchase two Airbus jetliners. Leon Sanyange, China Radio International, Kampala, Uganda.
1: A billionaire investor says his family is providing grants to wipe out the student debt of the entire graduating class at Morehouse College. Robert Smith made the announcement when addressing nearly 400 graduating seniors of the all-male, historically black college in Atlanta. Media reports say the pledge to eliminate the student debt for the class has been estimated at $40 million U.S. dollars. Smith received an honorary doctorate from Morehouse during the ceremony. He had already announced a $1.5 million U.S. gift to the school. It's 28 past the hour. Beijing today, sunny skies and 31 degrees Celsius. Overnight temperature is around 17. Guangzhou will be cloudy in 30, a low of 24. Shaman's expecting heavy rainfall in 31 degrees, a low of 21. is cloudy in 27, a low of 15. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad will be sunny in 35. Kabul is getting sunshine and 21 degrees. In North America, Washington, D.C. is getting a light rainfall in 30 degrees Celsius. In Africa, Nairobi is getting a light rain in 21. Kampala, Thunder storms in 26 and finally to oceania canberra is cloudy in 18 port Vila a light rain and 25 degrees celsius it's time for a break on the beijing hour still to come in business china plans annual revisions to its negative list for market access in sports team china's off to a strong start at the suderman cup entertainment the asian film week is now underway in beijing shane biggum with you stay with us here on the beijing hour
0: You're listening to The Beijing Hour, 60 Minutes of Comprehensive News, your window on China and the world.
1: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Diggum with you on this Monday morning. Still to come in business, Samsung's committed billions for the building of the second phase of its chip plant in Xi'an. In sports, Rafael Nadal's claimed his first title of the year after a slow start of the season. In entertainment, the Asian digital art exhibitions kicked off in Beijing. Get in touch with us by email, beijinghour at CRI.com.cn. On Twitter and Facebook, search for for China Plus news. Download the China Plus app or visit ChinaPlus.cri.cn for the latest news and information from China Radio International. Now checking the day's headline news. President Alexander Vucic says Serbia will enhance cooperation with China, including in the areas of law enforcement and security. He made the remarks during his meeting with visiting Chinese Minister of Public Security, Zhao Kezhi. He says Serbia firmly supports the China-proposed Belt and Road Initiative and will actively participate in it. Zhao says China is willing to work with Serbia to strengthen cooperation in fighting transnational crimes. A central bank official says China's foreign exchange market and the exchange rate of the Chinese currency will remain stable due to sound economic fundamentals. People's Bank of China Deputy Head Pan Gongsheng says the Chinese economy has been operating generally stable as major indicators were kept in a reasonable range. He says China's forex market's been operating steadily with rising inflow of overseas capital, increasing forex reserves and keeping market expectations stable. He says China will continue to push forward financial opening up and deepen foreign exchange reform. He says China has rich experience and ample policy tools to cope with market fluctuations, adding that the country will take necessary adjustment measures to strengthen macro-prudent management. Iraqi security officials say a Katyusha rocket hit central Baghdad's green zone without causing any casualties on Sunday. The green zone houses the U.S. Embassy and some of the Iraqi government offices. Officials say the rocket struck an empty area near the U.S. Embassy. The heavily fortified green zone has been frequently targeted by insurgents' mortar and rocket attacks. The roughly 10-square-kilometer zone is located on the west bank of the Tigris River, which bisects the Iraqi capital. The U.S. State Department's ordered non-emergency U.S. employees working in both the embassy in Baghdad and the consulate in Erbil to leave Iraq. The U.S. military says U.S. forces are on high alert in Iraq and Syria over fears of imminent threats from Iran-backed forces in the region. The U.S. Naval Forces Central Command says Gulf Cooperation Council nations have started security patrols across the region in international waters. And it says the move is aimed at enhancing communication and coordination between the U.S. Fifth Fleet and GCC states in support of regional naval cooperation. The measure has come on the heels of unstable security conditions in the region, fueled by the latest attacks on ships off the coast of the United Arab Emirates. Bahrain's foreign ministry on Saturday issued travel warnings to its citizens, against Gains traveling to Iran and Iraq. 34 past the hour. Turning to business news, and we'll start with what to expect from global markets this week. World traders will keep a close eye on the latest development of China-U.S. trade talks. They'll also pay attention to the trade tensions between the United States and its other trade partners. The U.S. has delayed tariffs on auto imports from Japan and Europe, but the threat of possible tariffs remains. Uh, this week also features Federal Reserve minutes on Wednesday. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and Vice Chairman Richard Clarita are among some of the central bank of Officials that are set to speak this week. Much economic data is on the agenda as well. It'll include reports on durable goods orders and data on both existing and new home sales. Investors will also pay attention to earnings reports from some big name retailers including Home Depot and Lowe's. China's planning to revise the negative list for market access every year. The 2019 version is to be unveiled later on this year. The National Development and Reform Commission says the list will be kept in line with the latest development of reforms and respond to the calls from market players to continue relaxing market access barriers. The negative list for market access outlines sectors, fields, and businesses off-limits for those foreign investors. Industries, fields, and businesses not on the list are open for investment to all market players. The 2018 version of the negative list was released in December. It's reported that the total investment by Samsung in the second phase of its chip plant in Xi'an will exceed 14 billion US dollars. The project started in March of last year and will be completed in July. It's expected to begin mass production in the first quarter of next year. Samsung signed an agreement with the Shanxi provincial government in 2017 to start the second phase of the chip plant to expand production capacity. The first phase of the plant went into operation in May of 2014 with a total Investment of ten billion dollars with more on this we 're joined on the line by Mike Baston, principal consultant at business development international Good morning good morning well uh, samsung china's uh, samsung China semiconductors vice president uh, says the uh, investment reflects the company's confidence in china 's economy and of course uh, there there are many many things going on in the economy right now globally uh, what's your take on a statement
0: i think it's a fair statement and I think it's very reassuring i think we look at the Chinese economy in the long term, um, it, it certainly offers huge opportunities in, in this industry, in the semiconductor industry, and, and many others. Obviously, with the Belt and Road Initiative, the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, looking long term, China is, is still very, very well placed, uh, and the economy uh, is moving in the right direction. We see modernization and that transition working well. Chinese cumber is expanding internationally particularly in the area of high technology and growth areas obviously in the short term there's the the US um uh, issue and tra- trade issues and tariffs being levied that will have an impact most definitely but many are saying in the short term that that's going to m- maybe reduce gdp from 7ish percent to 6% long term uh, growth and stability of the chinese economy i think is looking healthy
1: well, uh, in Xi'an, we have this ten billion dollar facility that's been operating for you know, roughly five years now, and a fourteen billion dollar expansion that should be online next year. Uh, how does this affect the local economy in that city?
0: Oh, it's a tremendous, tremendous boost. I mean, Xi'an is very well placed um, as a sort of central economic hub for the very important emergence and development of. Um, poorer parts of China, so central and western and northwest China. So so it it really is a boost to that whole region. And Samsung investment obviously has led to follow on investment. More than 100 supporting companies have invested in the zone. And Xi'an is becoming very much a central hub for the semiconductor industry. So it's good for the city and good for the overall northwestern region of China.
1: Well, obviously the Chinese market's important globally for everybody. Everybody wants a piece of it. But uh, what does it mean for uh, Samsung, uh, the South Korean company, I guess? What are the details of uh, the Chinese market in terms of its meaning for that company?
0: I think it has a special meaning for for South Korean uh, companies, in particular Samsung, because it's so close to home. I, I think they, they obviously see it as a, a stepping stone. Obviously, the, the countries are different, but there are similarities in terms of culture and business culture. So I think they see, see a, a special empathy, a special bond with China, Chinese suppliers, Chinese supply chain, and, and the Chinese market. So it really is a, a short stepping stone and, and really central to their long-term global development. So they put China right at the heart of, of their strategy, uh, I'm not convinced many Western companies have done that yet.
1: Thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's Mike Bastin, Principal Consultant at Business Development International. 39 minutes past the hour, WeChat is now being studied by students at the London Business School. The school introduced a case study on the company entitled Innovation and Agility at 10 Cents WeChat. Liang Hong Ke is co-author of the case study on WeChat.
7: The reason we select it as a business case for London Business School is because they they are very, very innovative, especially they have the scale of one billion users.
1: The study describes the emergence and growth of WeChat and how it came to dominate large parts of daily life in China. It also provides insight into how WeChat operates and the current strategic challenges it faces. Uh, Julian Merkinshaw is the deputy dean with London Business School.
7: Tencent is obviously, um, it, it's very successful in two ways, right? One is, of course, it's now the world's biggest gaming company. And sometimes that's because of things they've created. Sometimes it's companies that they've bought. And then obviously WeChat is the, the other hugely successful piece. And as I will be telling the students later today, you know, WeChat's success in creating a platform and having a steady stream of user innovations is what has allowed it to be successful. And I think a lot of Western companies can learn a lot from that success.
1: WeChat was originally a social app. The WeChat Pay system was created by Tencent in 2014. It now counts one billion monthly active users worldwide. That's up 12% from nearly 900 million in the fourth quarter of 2016. A major trade and investment fair in Chongqing has concluded. More than 270 deals worth nearly 550 billion yuan were signed in areas such as smart manufacturing, new materials and new energy vehicles. The Western China International Fair for Investment and Trade attracted 70,000 participants from 95 countries and regions, including 300 Fortune 500 enterprises.
0: Everything in focus, all in one place. China Plus focuses on the Middle Kingdom, bringing you breaking news and the stories that matter to you. Search for China Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
1: It's 41 minutes past the hour. Turning to sports now, here's Yang Guang. Thank you, Shane.
4: Action from golf. Brooks Kopka held off the threat of Dustin Johnson to defend his US PGA Championship. Kopka had a seven-shot lead at the start of the final round, which dropped to one of the four successive bogeys. But Walter number one Johnson bogeyed two of the last three holes, as Kopka won two shots on eight under. China's Li Haotun was sixth over par and finished the 36th in overall rankings. In badminton, Team China swept Malaysia 5-0 in Group Z to start its Sudiman Cup campaign in Nanning. In the opening match, third-seeded pair Li Junhui and Liu Yuchan beat Aaron Chia and Su Yi in men's doubles, getting the host nation off to a perfect start. Chen Yufei added a second point for China by beating Sonia Chia in three sets in women's singles. The men's singles turned out to be a lopsided match as voter number 2 Shi Yuqi beat Li Zuzha in straight sets to seal the win for China.
3: My teammates put up a 2-0 score before my game, so I didn't have much stress. I was fully prepared. Playing the third match is crucial. I must be mentally ready if we lose points in the first two. The whole team is now in a high spirit, no matter on or off the court. We set ourselves in a position as challengers. Keeping such a mindset will help us win this competition.
4: World number 1 pair Huang Chung and Zheng Suwei in mixed doubles, as well as Du Yue and Li Yinghui in women's doubles, completed China's 5 nothing route. After a day of rest, China will take on India tomorrow, while India meets Malaysia today to decide the top two sides advancing to the quarterfinals from the group. In Group B, Indonesia rallied past England 4-1 to win their opening match. Chinese Taipei edged Hong Kong 3-2 in Group C. The Sordiment Cup will run until Sunday. In tennis, Rafael Nadal claimed his first title of the year by defeating world number 1 Novak Djokovic in three sets in the Italian Open final. The Spaniard won opening set 6-love, the first love game between the two great rivals. Nadal sealed his ninth, ninth title in Rome and now has a record 34 Masters 1000 titles, one more than Djokovic.
2: Last couple of weeks, every day and every week have been better, and here we are, finally, with this uh, great trophy with me, important victory. Of course, playing against Novak is always a special thing, as I said yesterday, because it's, um, it's part of uh, the history of this sport. Today was, was for me, last couple of times have been for him, no? so happy for for the title more than winning against Novak. no and especially happy because the level was very high.
4: The victory was a boost for Nadal before the French Open. who was beaten by Djokovic in the Australian Open final in January and had lost at the semi-final stage in his past four tournaments. Djokovic admits Nadal is the hot favourite to win upcoming Grand Slam.
1: Nadal number one favourite, without a doubt, and then everyone else. <laughs> I mean, on a given day, you know, best of five with the days, one day between matches, I think Players will have enough time to really be at their best, and everyone is trying to peak for Rowan Garros without a doubt. So I'm looking forward to it. I think I think it's going to be
7: a
4: great tournament. In the women's final, 4th seed Carolina Pliskova beat Johanna Conta 6-3, 6-4 to win her second title of the year. The players now have a week to prepare for the French Open, which starts on Sunday local time. In the Chinese Super League, 10-man Dalian Yifan completed a thrilling 2-1 comeback win over Shenzhen Zhao Ye. 19-year-old defender He Yu Peng scored a stoppage time winner after he came off the bench in the 89th minute, snatching Dalian's second victory of the season. It was the teenager's first career goal with Dalian's senior side. In another match, Jonathan scored twice as Tianjin Tedder beat Hebei China Fortune 2-0. Hebei, which just sacked coach Chris Coleman last week, has suffered an eight-match winless run. In European football, Lionel Messi scored two goals in two minutes, but champions Barcelona had to settle for a 2-0 draw with Elba in the final La Liga match of the season. Barcelona will now prepare for next Saturday's Copa del Rey final against Valencia. Earlier in the day, Real Madrid finished their season with a dismal 2-0 defeat by Real Betis. The capital team finished their third with 68 points, their worst since 2002. In Italy, Juventus lifted their 8th consecutive Serie A title at home after a 1-0 draw with Atlanta. Third-placed Atlantis are still fighting for their first Champions League qualification. They are level on 66 points with Inter Milan, who lost 4-1 at Napoli. Fifth-placed AC Milan is one point behind them, with one game remaining. It was an emotional occasion at the Juventus Stadium as retiring Andrea Barzali made his final appearance in front of home fans. Juventus coach Massimiliano Allegri also waved goodbye to fans after deciding to leave the club this summer. Vincent Kompany has announced he's leaving Manchester City to join Belgian club Anderlecht as player and manager. The 33-year-old captain announced his decision one day after helping City win the FA Cup title over Watford, that clinched a domestic treble. Company signed a three-year deal with Anderlecht after 11 years with Man City. He scored his final goal against Leicester on May 6, a long-range strike that guaranteed one new victory for City. That win proved to be crucial on their road to the Premier triumph. In MotoGP, seven-time world champion Marc Marquez increased his lead at the top of the standings with a victory in the French Grand Prix. The 26-year-old Spaniard started on the pole and finished almost two seconds ahead of Italy's Andrea Dovizioso.
3: Yeah, I mean, of course here in Le Mans always is difficult, especially with the temperature, especially because uh, it, I think it's my first race with the soft tyre in the front, but it was the safer option and uh, for that reason I was... Uh, I was trying to, to be consistent all the laps, and uh, and yeah, then when I see that the gap was increasing, on that laps I pushed a little bit
4: more. McQuiz has won three of the last five races and is now eight points ahead of visoso. In the NBA, the Golden State Warriors beat the Trailblazers 110-99 to in Portland yesterday for 3 nothing advantage in the Western Conference Finals. Draymond Green was the key player for Golden State, recording a triple-double with 20 points, 13 rebounds and 12 assists. For me,
9: when Kevin's not on the floor, I know I have to be more aggressive. And so, uh, whether that's attacking the, the basket, putting more pressure on the defense, you know, I, I understand that. And I think it's, it's very easy to just try to get these guys to make more and more shots when Kevin's not on the floor. But you know, it can't put that much pressure on them. So I just try to take it upon myself to really push the pace, uh, get the tempo to where we want it, and then still, you know, try to make plays for other guys as well.
4: Looking at this action, the Milwaukee Bucks visit Toronto Raptors for Game 3 of their Eastern Final Series. The game is now well underway. The Bucks lead the Series 2 games to now. In the NHL, Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals was played earlier this morning. Shane, what happened?
1: Well, uh, the game was played in San Jose with the St. Louis Blues visiting the Sharks, but the home team didn't really show up, at least not on the scorecard. Uh, the Blues won the game by 5 uh, nothing, led by Jaden Schwartz, who scored a hat-trick, his 10th, 11th and 12th goals of the playoffs this year. Uh, the Blues now lead that series 3-2. They'll have a chance to eliminate the Sharks on Wednesday when the series shifts back to St. Louis for Game 6. The winner of the series will face the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. Major League Baseball. Early highlights this morning saw the Toronto Blue Jays beat the Chicago White Sox 5-2 with Vlad Guerrero Jr. hitting another home run for the Jays. Uh, the Yankees beat the Rays 13-5. The Indians crushed the Orioles 10 nothing. Also, the Marlins shut out the Mets 3 nothing, with pitcher Sandy Alcantara throwing an 89-pitch, two-hit complete game shutout. The only game left on the schedule for the day is the one between the Cubs and Nationals in Washington. It's now underway in the early innings.
0: You're listening to The Beijing Hour, 60 minutes of comprehensive news, your window on China and the world.
1: 50 minutes past the hour. Now turning to entertainment news, the ongoing Asian Film Week, part of the Conference on Dialogue of Asian Civilizations, has won wide acclaim. Themed "Light of Civil- uh, Civilization, Glory of Screen," the Asian Film Week selected 60 films from 30 Asian countries and regions to be shown in five Chinese cities. Curator of the Asian Film Week, Lin
4: Sui.那我们是从影片的类型，还有就是我们。<laughs>
3: We classify the films into six categories in terms of genre and time span, including Asian classic, Asian contemporary, Asian theater, Asian documentary, and Asian animation. In addition, there are many experimental films
1: in different categories to meet audience. The week-long CDAC is aimed at seeking and fostering exchanges and mutual learning among Asian civilizations and building a community with a shared future. It opened May 15th and will last until Wednesday. The Asian digital art exhibitions kicked off in Beijing, presenting a combination of traditional Asian cultures and modern technologies. The exhibition is part of the cultural activities of the Conference on Dialogue of Asian Civilizations and attracted 30 artists from 12 countries and regions to show their works. Curator of the exhibition, Fei Jun. As for what is an interesting world,
4: I think different people have different views. We believe that digital technologies and digital art can not only present an artist's artistic pursuit, but also enable ordinary visitors to express their ideas creatively.
1: Among the 47 works displayed, Chinese calligraphy, kung fu, Beijing opera, and other elements of traditional Chinese culture are interpreted in novel ways with digital technologies. Organizer of the exhibition, Huang Ying.
2: With digital images, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and some interactive equipment and devices, the connotation of traditional culture can be shown multidimensionally and multi-angle exchanges among Asian cultures, including the coexistence and integration of Asian civilizations and modern technologies can be promoted.
1: The exhibition will last till June 15th. The ongoing Asian Cuisine Festival in Beijing provides an opportunity for local residents to have a taste of the delicious food and cuisine culture from different Asian countries. As part of the supporting event of the Conference on Dialogue of Asian Civilizations, the Asian Cultural Parade and Asian Food Festival will last till Wednesday. Many local students find the festival to be a good way to learn more about other cultures.
4: I have tasted grilled eel over rice and the Nang brand over there. I think this activity is very good because we can eat this food and know the
1: cultures of different regions as well. Besides visiting the expo and tasting the food, visitors can also participate in cooking various dishes by themselves. We have seen the Asian culture
3: parade just now, and now we come here to taste the delicious food of Asian countries. As food is an important element of our culture, and our visit this time
1: is not in vain. Only when we share the same culture can we truly become friends. The festival is aimed at using food to build a platform for cultural exchanges. Malaysian-Chinese mando-pop artist Fish Liang was in Beijing to promote a new album following a seven-year hiatus. It features a number of love songs. The album's called How Am I? The Sun Also Rises. Liang says the lead song, How Am I?, reminds people that self-care is an antidote to stress. Fish Liang's last studio album, Love Reveals, in the long run, was released in August of 2012. An exhibition on Wu Weishan sculptures was recently unveiled to the public at the National Museum of China. Titled Sculpting the Souls, the exhibition displays 179 pieces by Wu, curator of the National Art Museum of China. Wu is an internationally renowned sculptor. uh, His portraits of many great historical figures of Chinese culture, including Confucius and Laozi, have been exhibited in many countries around the world. The exhibition will last till June 23rd. Millie Bobby Brown and her Godzilla King of the Monsters co-stars walked a black carpet in Hollywood at the world premiere of the latest installment in Moviedom's longest-running franchise. The 15-year-old Stranger Things star said the 38-plus Godzilla movies made since the reptilian monster was first seen on screen in 1954 don't even capture his full impact.
4: Imagine all the others that like teenage boys have created in their bedroom with Legos, you know? So for me, it's part of a, a love story with all these incredible movies that, and these die-hard fans that literally come here not to see any of us, but to see
2: that monster. I think
10: it's so powerful.
1: Other cast members ponder the odd feeling of reporting to work on a film whose title or star has been crafted off-site by computer graphics artists. O'Shea Jackson Jr. wore a Godzilla gold chain on the black carpet. And Jackson said the film is a coming-of-age story for Brown's character, along with the best monster pay-per-view that money can buy. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters opens in U.S. theaters on May 31st. Monica Bellucci walked the Cannes International Film Festival red carpet for the premiere of her new film, The Best Years of a Life. Director Claude Lelouch and other stars joined Belushi at the event. Other stars, including Priyanka Chopra, Nick Jonas, and Helen Mirren were seen as well. Uh, Showing out of competition, the film's the second follow-up to the 1966 romantic drama A Man and a Woman, the one the Palm d'Or, Lelouch also directed A Man and a Woman 20 years later in 1986. 56 past the hour. Beijing today, sunny in 31 Celsius. Overnight temperatures around 17. Guangzhou is getting cloudy skies in 30 with a low of 24. Shaman's expecting heavy rainfall in 31 degrees with a low of 21. Hefei will be cloudy in 27, then a low of 15. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad will be sunny in 35 degrees. Kabul is sunny in 21. In North America, Washington, D.C. is expecting a light rainfall in 30 degrees Celsius. That's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news this morning, driverless vehicles proved to be the highlight of the World Intelligence Congress now concluded in Tianjin. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.